Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. Uh, this broadcast is designed to ignite one's faith on fire. And we're going to begin. We've been talking about, again, the subject of faith. That was the whole uh, reasoning for this broadcast, to ignite believers' faith on fire. And we're going to get back to the subject because the Bible has a lot to say about faith. And a lot of people... Christians don't really understand what faith is. They think it's a feeling, but it's actually having trust, reliance, and confidence in agreeing with the Word of God. And and far as what we know from the Word of God and what I believe, the Word of God is the truth. Let God be true in everywhere in the lie. So I'm going to have faith in the truth, and God's Word is the truth. But look what it says here in Hebrews 11, chapter 6. But without faith, again, the truth, confidence, it is impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is and a reward of those who diligently seek him. Again, whoever comes to God, especially you come getting born again, you got to believe you're going to be saved. When the scripture says, whoever uh, believes on his name and believe that God sent him and raised him from the dead. First of all, you got to believe that and you got to declare that. Well, you got to believe that he is. You're not going to come to him if you don't believe that right. he is. So with the same thing of getting born again, it's that same faith you got to keep using. You use that little mustard seed of faith to get saved. You got to believe that, okay, I'm putting faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, the scripture says if I believe that God sent him and he died for my sins and God raised him from the dead, if I just believe that I'll be saved, right? That's what the word says. Okay, I'm with that. I can believe that. Okay, well, you saved. I don't feel nothing. You saved. Do I get a certificate? Do I get a stamp? No, just got to believe you saved. So now I go home and I tell everybody I got, I'm saved now. I'm born again. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. See, we believe, therefore we speak. You gotta, you'll start speaking whatever you believe. And that's the thing about humans. We believe, we speak whatever we believe. So if you believe you're born again, you're going to go tell people. I'm born again. I'm saved. And you're doing all that just because you believe it. It's by faith. So everything else in the kingdom of God works the same way. You have to go ahead and receive it. Like he said in Mark eleven twenty three. what sort of things you desire when you pray? Well, I desire to be saved. Okay, believe you receive it and you you'll have it. It's interesting that as we talk about this, because I was reminded of a conversation I had with a guy about a month and a half or so ago. And he was talking about this whole thing. He had been saved 
years ago. And after he got baptized, he kind of thought, I think subconsciously at least, that he'd hear like angels singing and heavenly choirs and maybe a dove would come down on his shoulder like it did Jesus. And he, and he, none of that happened. He thought that was going to happen with him? Yeah. And okay. and none of that happened. Probably because he and wasn't the Messiah. So, so he, he actually was kind of struggling with doubt. With his salvation, was he huh? he really saved? saved. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what he asked me. He said... You know, I thought that, I don't know, he says, I thought I'd hear something or something Feel something. something would would happen. Tingle said, in my body. But I didn't, and so he, and he's really struggling. He was really struggling with his faith. And so I asked him, I said, did, did you ask Jesus to forgive you? Did you ask him into your heart? Did you put your faith and your trust and your hope in him? And he said, yes. I said, that's all you had to do. You confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart, and you are saved. Don't let the worry and the doubt. See, that's the devil wants to come oh, to you yeah, and say, you know, you, you, man, you probably should have heard this Scripture or you should have felt it, that. Immediately the devil comes to steal away the right. word that was sown in your heart. And so here's the devil been working on him for years about maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it didn't really happen. You know how many times I hear that one too? People, I give an altar call and people are like, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. And I'll say, what are you, a male or a female? And they'll tell me, I was like, are you sure? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, you should be sure you're saved. If God said it, that's what faith is. If God said it, that settles it. Right. If you put that's your it. faith in Jesus, you're saved. That's it. If you ain't going to get no certificate. You may not get a feeling. If you do, that's all good. But if you don't, it's still not good. I'm reminded of what Jesus told uh, Thomas. And that's where we get that name, Dallin Thomas. He told Thomas wanted to feel something. He wanted to see the holes in Jesus' hands. And Jesus said, okay, as soon as he appeared to you know the disciples, he called for Thomas. Thomas, come up here. Check, check me out. Put your hands right here. You believe now? Thomas like, yeah, okay. I satisfied my senses. Remember, we walk by faith, not what's perceived by the senses. I satisfied my senses. And then Jesus said, well, Thomas, you know, you've you, you seen and, and now you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's what faith is. I don't have to see it to believe it. Again, we do that with cell phones and stuff. I believe my cell phone is going to make a call. I don't got to see the, the, the airwaves going out. I don't have to, you know, I don't see when I use my television remote. I don't got to know how it works. I just use it and right. it works. See, and that, that's the thing is we don't even have to know how it works. Right. I don't have to know you how it works. I just, I just know it does. So there it is. I, have, I know I'm saved because he said it. But see, here's the thing with us. God's given us his word. And remember, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will endure forever. And Isaiah I watch over my word to perform it. My word that goes forth out of my mouth does return void. He watches over it. And we have to believe, and it says in John, in the beginning was God's word. We have to believe the word of God. That's what faith is. Trusting and believing and acting on the word of God. And the scripture says over in James, you know, not to just be a hearer of the word only, but a doer. Doer means I'm going to act on it. That's what faith is. I'm going to act on what I believe. I believe this is true. I believe what you said about laying hands on the sick. Well, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do that. I you said what, it. <laughs> I believe what you said about loving my enemies. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Loving my neighbor. I got to do it. I'm acting on it. that despitefully see, now, now, use me. Now, this is faith growing. Because initially, when you get saved, you know, you ain't trying to do all that. <laughs> you just... You, you're not really sure you're in. Remember, like your friend, you're not really sure you're in. But see, as you keep spending time with God and his word... Faith, it says over in 2 Thessalonians, your faith will grow. And, and faith will grow. Trust in God will grow. And, and I use the example with 
me and my wife in relationship. I believe we trust each other more after 25 years than we did the first month we got together. We have an intimate relationship. We know each other well. She trusts me. I think she trusts me with her life now. But when we the first month we got together, <laughs> I don't think she trusts me as far as she could see me. But now, because we built a relationship. Right, because you've earned trust. Yeah. We, we deserve we, trust. Yeah, we just built that relationship see, and with each other. that's what happens with us as God. As we, as we are obedient to him, as we do and our relationship with him, we see everything that he says is true. Mm -hmm. Then we put more faith in what he says. We see that's true. We put more faith in what he says. We see that's true. And our faith in him, our trust in him, because everything he always says always comes true. And it says over in First uh, John, this is the confidence that we have in him. I like to change that word for faith. This is the faith that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And because we know he hears us, we have the petitions of those things that we ask for. See, faith is confidence in God. Knowing that God, remember, he who comes to him must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who, here it is, diligently seek him. Diligently means I'm constantly spending time with God in his word. I'm constantly being not just a hearer, but a doer. That's the diligently seek him. And remember, over in Matthew 6, about all these things being added to you, not worried about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what tomorrow's going to bring. He says, but seek first, come after me first, do things my way, and all these things will be added to you. God, he wants us to act and have confidence in what he said. So now I got to find out, okay, what about this kingdom? And he talks about this kingdom of darkness and having faith in the kingdom and, and, and not being conformed to the world that I came out of. Don't put no faith in that. That's where your faith used to be. <laughs> now he's saying have faith in God because you're, you're in the God class now. You're in a God family. So now you got to learn our ways. A lot of Christians don't understand that. They want to come in God's house and conform God, their ways. Well, we want to make God into our image. Right, into right. our image. And he said, no, I'm transforming you into my image. Right. And, and it ain't going to work. It ain't going to jive. It's like oil and water. So our best bet is just to believe God. Think, start thinking like God, speaking like God, and, and walking or living like God. And we'll start experiencing the promises. It says over in 1 Peter, he's given us exceeding great and precious promises through the knowledge of him. Oh, oh knowledge of him. That means I got to learn about him? Yes, you have to learn about him. You have to increase in the knowledge of the Lord's will. It talks See, about and, that in Colossians. And the thing is, he won't keep it a secret. He actually wants He to, wants to reveal it to you. You know, I have two daughters that are school teachers. And it is amazing, you know, students in school think everything is so hard, but yet once you look back, what it is, is it's geared for that age level. They want you to learn it. They're not trying to trick you. They're not trying to keep you from learning it. They want, they want you, you to go to the next grade, well, I, to the want, next level. They want you to learn the material. Right. God wants us to learn. He's not keeping himself a secret from us. He's not saying, boy, I sure don't want that Pastor want Richard to know, know that. that. No. I got to keep him in the dark. Jesus no, said, come learn wants, of me. He, he says, come learn of me. Right. He wants us to learn about him. He wants us to know his will. He wants us to know his heart. He wants us to know his thinking. It's not as if he has somehow hidden it from us and and we have to try to work through it, and we have to try to guess on our own. Mm -mm. He actually, much like a, a, a student is at school, the teacher wants him to learn. God wants us to learn about him. He wants us to know him. And Amen. And I'm going to read this scripture as you were saying that. It just led me right to Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 1. For I want you to know 
what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. And this is Paul. But, right, but look what he said in verse 2. That their hearts, again, that's their spirits, may be encouraged. See, God desires your heart to be encouraged. Being knit together in love, God is love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding. See, that's what he said he wants you at. He wants you to attain to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He said, I got all the wisdom, but I want you to attain to it. Right. I want you to have it. I want you to have it. I'm not going to hide it from you. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to keep you guessing. I'm not going to keep you guessing. It's not like you're but, a mushroom but, but in the dark. It's only going to come to you as you seek after me. If you come after me, spend time with me. Like I say, with being in a marriage, you have to build that relationship. You have to spend intimate time with your spouse if you guys want to gain knowledge about one well, another. You know, and this, <laughs> and this goes with anything. When a person's interested in the subject, Let's say that you you pick up a guitar for the first time and you just love playing that guitar. What are you going to do? You're going to spend all the time you can playing mm -hmm. that guitar. You're going to get some lesson books. You might even take lessons. You're going to find out all you can find out about playing the guitar because you just love playing the guitar. Well, anything in our life, if we're really interested in it, we start to study it. We start to look into it. We read books. We watch whatever it is on DVD, whatever it might be, so we can learn about it. The same thing about God. If we really are in love with God, if we really care about God, we're going to want to spend time learning. You know about what I call him. it, Richard? I call it a passion for Christ. Having a passion for Christ. And see, and again, as you start learning about him, you're going to find out in Romans, he says, you're, you're married to Christ. Yes, guys, men, you're married to Christ. Oh, married. So we can understand that if I'm married to somebody uh, and he calls us his bride. Male and female. So we should get to know our spouse spiritually. I was, we were saying the other day, we were out here joking. We were for real, but we were joking, saying we were married to Jesus. You know, I'm married to Jesus. And we are. That's the way God says, sees us. He said we're, we're, we're one with him. And look what he says over here back in Colossians. Uh, I'm going to drop down to verse 7, 6. It says, as you therefore has received Jesus Christ as the Lord, so walk in him, walk in him. And I wrote right there by faith, by the word, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Oh, established in the faith as you have been taught. Oh, taught. That means I've been somewhere learning as you've been taught. Look, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Then he goes to say this. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world. And not according to Christ, but in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Powerful statement. That's who we are. He said we're complete in him. So my job is to stay in him. So that's where I'm complete. <laughs> and if I stay in him, I'm going to have that passion. I'm going to be studying. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to learn about him. Jesus said, come learn of me. You got to learn. You're born again. Born again means you're a baby. So now babies have to learn and grow. You're in the kingdom of God. You're born again. You're a new creation. You got to learn now who you are now. Yeah. And then, well, and then <laughs> we go back to what we were talking about, I think, yesterday's show. You have to believe who you are. 
Right. So you have to believe that you're actually a child of God. And, and once you believe that, then you're going to act And in then a you're going to start learning that, oh, the just lives by faith. Oh, now that I'm a new creation. I'm going to live I, by faith and not by sight. I'm going to live by what God said. Oh, I am who God says I am. And it I doesn't am. matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the right. media says. I believe what, what God says. says. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's what your best friend might say opposite of what God says. Sometimes it might be family members that say that. Yes. Of what believe God me, says. I've had those experiences where my best friend tried to talk me out of my salvation. The devil doesn't care who he uses to try to. Remember, the scripture says in Mark, when you talk about the parable of the sower, as soon as the word gets sold, the enemy comes to steal it right away. He was talking about the devil. Satan comes to try to steal that word away. He's going to use those people close to you to try to talk you out of what God says was true. Remember, let God be true. And every best friend be a lie. Every man be a lie. You have to still be sold out. That's what it is walking by faith. And when my friend used to try to tell me that I ain't saved because I'm still doing this, that, and the other, I couldn't listen to him. I had to continue to believe what God said, not what he said. Because what he was saying was fact. But the truth was God's word. I'm a new creation. Oh, he had all the facts lined up. Yeah, I was doing that. Yeah, he was right. Well, he had the right, he had the facts, but I had the truth. And I walked by faith, the truth, not by the circumstances or the facts. Yeah, I knew I was a new creation, but I believe what God said more than I was believing what this cat was saying. Because <laughs> he was trying to pull me back, and the enemy was using him. But as I started increasing in the knowledge of the Lord's will, I started finding out, oh, this is what's happening. Oh, the devil uses people, and he's trying to talk me out of my salvation. And we understand that with Peter on the boat. You know, the other disciples, I'm pretty sure they was telling him, don't get out. You can't do that, man. That's a ghost. That ain't even Jesus. That's a ghost. You better not do that, Peter, man. You know you're a mere man, man. You're going to drown, and we ain't jumping out there to get you either. You're going to be on your own because we told you what Peter do. I'm walking by faith. Not See, by the senses. And, not and, by the senses. And it doesn't even have to be the devil trying to get us out of our salvation so much as the devil just trying to keep us from having any kind of effective message. There, any kind of effective there it word. is right there. You know, because he just tells you, oh, don't worry about that. You don't need to worry about that thing. Oh, you don't really need to do that. And pretty soon we start to believe it. And then we have no effect in the kingdom. We have no um, positive effect. We don't share the gospel. We don't pray for people. We don't do any of that stuff. Maybe we still got our salvation. Maybe we don't have a problem with that at all. But what the devil's convinced us of is that, oh, you don't need to worry about any of this stuff. And so now we have no effective walk with the Lord. And back to that scripture, he says in uh, Colossians 2, verse 7, well, 6, As you therefore have received Christ, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and build up him, and established in the faith. He said, being established in the faith. I mean, if I'm established, that means... I can't be moved. I'm established. Jesus was established in the faith. He didn't care what they were saying. They tried everything, man. They tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to, they tried to do all stuff. He was established. They tried to even tell him, remember, some of his old friends in the neighborhood, they say, you ain't the Messiah. You're the carpenter's son. Didn't he know who he is? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, what's, that's, that's Joseph's, Joseph's boy. boy. <laughs> uh-uh, Jesus was established. We know him. Yeah, but Jesus was established in the faith. He said, no, I am who... I am. I am that I am. I, I know who I am. And that's the way we have to be. Remember, Jesus was our example. You have to be that around your old. And Jesus said this. He said, a prophet has honor except in his own town among his own kinfolk. Because you're, you're kinfolk. And we know that them will be the first ones to tell you you ain't saved. You ain't born again. Them the first ones the devil going to use. 
You got to be grounded and rooted. I was the first one to say, who do you think you are? Right, right. Who do like you think that? you are now? Now you are. No, you're going to lord it all over us? Do you think you really know something? No, I, I, I'm who God says I am. Yeah, I can do what God says I can or do. Or you get the relative that I've been saved for 40 years. I think I know more than you. Oh, yeah. I, I had to do deal with that one with my mom. And she finally, uh, she got in a good Bible-based church. She realized there was something called an anointing. And God gives it to who he wants to give it to. And she called me later and said, you know what, I want to apologize because I felt because I was saved longer than you that I had knew more than you. But she didn't know nothing about revelation knowledge. She didn't have any understanding about an anointing because God will anoint you to do what he's called you to do. Ask David. Back to David and Goliath. Yeah, it was some more experienced military men, but they called the teenager. God used the teenager to handle the business. Right. Yeah, and that giant Goliath was punking them. Every day. <laughs> but see, but God anointed him, David, to do that. Right. He called David. Yeah. He didn't call the Yeah, rest that was the anointing on their calling. So God calls us. And see, and you have to know that, too. If God, that's faith on fire. If God's called you and anointed you, meaning bless you and empowered you and to you, do something, you, you got to believe that. You talk about your kinfolk because when David first gets there, he asks for his brothers and they tell him where he is. And then he's asking people, he says, What will be done for the man that kills this Philistine? And his brothers hear about it, and they're like, we just knew this would be something you do. You should be back home with Pop watching the sheep, and here you are talking big. We knew you'd be doing something like this. Mm -hmm. And so even his brothers are trying to talk him out of being the person that God wants him to be. And again, the devil uses your family members, those close to you, and you just have to, the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices or his tactics. And again, any good soldier... Uh, that's worth his weight, you would, it would be to your advantage to know how your enemy operates. A lot of Christians don't know that. That's a whole nother subject on faith on fire because the scripture tells us in Ephesians the, what the weapons of our warfare are. You know, it's this helmet of salvation, you know, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, having your waist girded, have, the, 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 your, your waist wrapped around you with the truth. There it is right there. When you got the truth, you're free. You know, have your feet shrouded in the gospel. And a lot of people don't understand what all those elements are. They're spiritual elements that we can use to war against the enemy. A lot of Christians don't know how to war in the spirit. Well, they think that we battle against flesh and blood. And, and then they get mad at people. So yeah. now relationships are broke because you don't understand how to pray for your enemies. And you, know, we, <laughs> you don't know how to, ago, how to pray for your enemies. A few days ago, we got to talk about politics a little bit and how people put their faith in that. That's another way that this takes place. Yeah. Is that we start... The enemy is that Democrat over there. The enemy right. is that Republican over no, there. The enemy the is that politician over there. And we start to think, as even as Christians, we start, that's the enemy. And no, now brothers and sisters in Christ are fighting. The devil's got brothers and sisters in oh, yeah. Christ fighting and worrying about stuff that we shouldn't that even be matter. worried about. Right, because we're in the kingdom. And, you don't have you know, a revelation in the kingdom. sometimes the devil's hitting back and he's just Oh, he's backing up. up. Yes, he is, especially with those guys doing all that. He's I mean, up. can you believe it? And And... Half his work's done for him by good Christian folks right. that are just doing his world. Hey, if you can get your enemies to fight each other, and we knew that in Bible days, God Especially did about that. stuff that doesn't matter. Right. God did that. He had the enemies war against themselves. And again, if you can do that in the body of Christ, Jesus revealed to us, a house divided against itself shall not stand. So we are not to be, again, back to faith on fire. You, We can't be a divided body of Christ because Jesus is not divided. Your body in itself is not divided, it's whole. He says, be be one. He said it over in John, you guys be one like me and the Father are one. That's faith on fire. That's 
okay, God, you said it. Okay, I, I, I'm going to endeavor to keep the faith. I'm going to endeavor to do what you said. Uh, that, that's going to require some diligence on your part to be a doer of the word and not hear. Because it's easy to not do it. That's the path of least resistance. But to do it, it's going to take a little persecution. Ask Jesus. He suffered. It, it, going to, to reconcile us back to the Father, you know, it, it, it took a little effort on his part. Remember, he in the garden just before all that, he was sweating blood. Well, see, doing nothing is easy as saying anything. Right, right, right. right not right. even just spiritual matters, but right. anything. I mean, doing nothing well, we is, know that is our fallback the, position. The scripture says a lot of Jesus' followers left and didn't follow him no more. Well, I said, this is too hard. Yeah, yeah. They're like, this is so hard, man. We're going back to what's, what's comfortable, man. It's better over here. Y'all go ahead and, and, and we understand that the first disciples, you know, they endured a lot of persecution. And Jesus told them, he tells us, don't think it's strange. You're going to go through stuff. Okay, well, my faith's on fire for that. I'm built up because you told me trials and tribulations are going to come. Okay, don't he take says it strange. rejoice in your trials. Well, I better do that, not just hear it. I better rejoice in everything. I better rejoice then. And that's the key. That's the faith on fire. Well, and see, I'm that, doing that's it. That's where belief is going to have to come into play. Because as James says there, to rejoice in our tribulations, take joy in our tribulations, consider it pure joy. What is the reason why is because God's going to use those things to perfect us, to make us into the person that he wants us to be. So I can rejoice in a tribulation. Because I know that it's God gonna is going to work using... for my good. Now, if I don't believe that, then yeah. I'm never going to rejoice in any kind of tribulation. And I'm, I'm talking about tribulation of any kind. If I don't believe that God is going to use it for my good, I'm never going to rejoice. In fact, what I like I'm going to say is, why is this happening to me? Look, use it for me. my good and for his glory. That's and right. we know that because Jesus was a sample of that. Yeah, it, it, it was for... Are good and for God's glory, because Jesus reconciled men, and He's still reconciling them back to Himself because of one man's obedience. But I can Jesus. take joy in that. I can consider it pure joy because I know He's going to use it for my good. Mm -hmm. If I don't believe that, then you're walking I, by sight. I cannot rejoice. In right. fact, you won't. Rejoice. I have to feel terrible because this is a terrible thing that's happening to me. I heard a person say once, "These things aren't happening to you; they're happening for you." And, and you have that's the way you have to receive it and perceive it. And that's because we're all going to go through stuff. I'm going through stuff right now. But you know what? I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the outcome because I know and I believe all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord, those who are called according to his purpose. I understand for which purpose I'm called. And I know I have to endure some trials, some tribulations, some persecutions. But with that said, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you all as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.